commune with God as a group. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Conquer our salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Lord God, we come before you and we thank you, Lord. I'm just so thankful for our group, Lord. I'm thankful that we have a place that we can come and gather on Thursday nights that uh, with just the busyness of life, that you've given us an opportunity to come to gather together in your name. And that's what the church is called to be. That's what, what our group is all about. It's about gathering in your name and making you the number one. So, God, I thank you tonight that as we've joined together, we've made an attempt to make you number one through all the songs that have happened tonight, Lord. And uh, I just, I pray that you'll continue to meet with us. Thank you for our guest here tonight, Doug Tolls, and I pray you'll be with him in, in these next moments as he'll be sharing. And uh, we just ask that you, you'll bless this place with your presence. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, just uh, real briefly, um, next week we are going to have a bonfire outside, okay? So when you come up to 724, come up and park and walk down over the hill. And there'll be a hot dogs and hamburgers out there. And I'm going to ask the guys to bring some acoustic guitars down. And we'll just have, what's that? Next Thursday. Okay, next Thursday. So when you come, I want you to come and I want you to bring your acoustic guitars. Everybody has an acoustic guitar. Bring them. I don't care. I just, you know, we're, we're just going to be unplugged and we're just going to have a nice time of fellowship. We'll have a small lesson out there. Maybe some of you want to share some of your testimonies, what God's doing in your life. Right? I want to open up just a little bit of time. But uh, just sensing the need to kind of do that before the uh, nice weather expires here, you know. And uh, so that's coming up. That's next Thursday night, all right? So I appreciate you guys. Tonight I want to uh, make sure you got your prayer request. This, uh, this, uh, Lauren, did you hand those out yet? Okay. All right. Copy machine's giving us problems. So she's going to pass out just a plain sheet of paper. If you have a prayer request, please put that down. Um, we try to pray over those, and we try to ask God to bless you and help you in your life. And um, so tonight, I want you to make sure that uh, you put something down on there, all right? Give, give, give me something to do, all right? Keep me in prayer for you. And, you know, I have a list of about 85 of you guys that I'm trying to pray over. You know, if everybody showed up, there's about 85, probably more than that, because I haven't updated that list, but that's the list I pray over as the basis. So, you know... Uh, look around, and I want you to pray for other people you don't see here, all right? And let's get them here, you know? Kate Mangan, we're glad to have her back. From She made a surprise visit to us, you know? Did you, uh, you get the long weekend off or something here? Okay, well, okay. Sorry you had to come home for that, but we're glad you're here, all right? So she, she got to come home. We're glad to see her. One of the things we're doing tonight, and this is our first ever, is that this, you know, this 724 is live streaming on the Internet right now. Thanks to Josh 
Wyckoff. He's up there live streaming the, this to the internet. And then after we're done, we're going to make a 724 channel. I'll, I'll post the link up. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff, right? I'll post the link up on Facebook later tonight to the 724 channel. But if you have a friend that's at home, send him a text. Say, hey, why don't you turn, go to the church page. You know, it's crsmin.com. And uh, if they go to that page, crsmin.com, and just hit messages, they'll be able to hear Reverend Doug Tools live. All right, live and unplugged. But uh, so I was just thinking about that for like Kate Mangan and other people that are on different campuses. You know, here's Matt Evans. Matt Evans left, got married. You know, he still needs a good dose of us. You know what I mean? So now he can catch it live or you can catch the archive the next day. All right, or you can catch the archive if you're going to a youth group up there. You can catch the archive later that night and just say, oh, man, I miss my friends, and Ken still hasn't lost any weight, you know, and you can just kind of catch up with us, all right? But you can, you can just connect. And so what, what are we doing that for? I'm not doing that so you'll stay home, okay? <laughs> you, you stay home, we, we cut that off, all right? So, but what I want to do is I want to make it available for people that aren't able to get here, and sometimes, you know, you just, oh, man, you know, just other things happen, and, you want to be able to catch up with those lessons. So we've, we've wanted to do this for a while. And uh, Josh Wyckoff came in tonight and said, hey, can we can we do this? I said, well, let's see the key works to the room. So all should be well. It should be up there. So Doug Tolls. Doug has become a good guy. I mean, become a good guy. He's always been a good guy. He's become a good friend of ours. He's a word life um, area missionary. And, you know, that's a big word, but uh, he's, he's a good guy. And we have been having fun getting to know him. He came here while I was in October. And uh, he's got some neat stuff planned. I know he's going to try and do a little bit of recruiting of you guys for some stuff too. So I, I've talked to him a while back, and I said, yeah, you got to come down. you got to talk to these guys. And so he's going to want to try and get a bunch of you guys involved in a, a one-time event. So I'll let him share that. But let's welcome Doug Tools. Yeah. I, oh, I am on. Did you just turn me on? Because, yeah, I'm really glad I wasn't singing. No, so I was like, oh, it is on. That's not good. First of all, I'd like to say thank you for letting me be your test rat for the live stream. So I feel great about that. <laughs> the things you don't need to tell me right before. Oh, by the way, we're streaming this live to the Internet. We're putting a link up. We'll even tag you in it. That way everybody knows, and they can tune in right now. So knowing that people are listening, I'm going to start out by saying hi to my wife and my kids. Um, my in-laws back in Michigan. I guess we're not going to make any in-law jokes tonight. Mom, Dad, good to hear you, or be with you, whatever. But no, it's good to be here tonight, and uh, it's good to be back. I'm really glad that Ken said... Um, I have an announcement or something to ask of you guys, because to be honest, I completely forgot about that. We have a really cool event coming up called Super Bowl. It's an all-night event that we have kids come out, and, um, and basically we start at a hockey game in Johnstown. We're going to go to a hockey game, and then we're going to come back, and we have three, three different places in Greensburg. We have a, a bowling alley, an uh, ice skating rink, and we also have a, um, a rec center where we're going to have inflatables and all this crazy stuff. What I'm looking to do is I'm looking to recruit a team of you guys to help run one of the facilities. Because I started thinking, well, who do I know who's young and hip and crazy, but yet responsible and mature? And you guys were the first people that popped in my mind. I mean, especially the responsible and mature. This young man right here has a tie on. Just seriously. 
Sorry, Sean. You know I got love on you. From, but no, I, I really I would love it if you guys thought about like maybe just putting together a group of you, um, you know, half dozen, a dozen of you. I, I'd love to have. <laughs> I'm being video too. It's not just audio. Is the delay in case I swear? Is that? <laughs> I'll do what I can to make sure you don't have to edit it. Wow, okay. <clears throat> now I'm really freaking out. I didn't know it was going to be video. I just thought it was audio. Okay. But no, I, I want to get a team of you guys together to help us and to run one of the facilities. So um, if that's something you can help me with, let me know tonight or hit me up on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm probably tagged on there right now on the 724 page. So, so just let me know. But I'd love that to get a team of you guys involved. And uh, you got who, who can stay up all night? Come on, one night, one night, no problem. Yeah, all right. Well, that would be awesome. So uh, there, I got that out of the way before. What's the date? That would be helpful. I'll tell you what, that young lady right there is sharp. November 9, it's a Friday, and I think, uh, Dane, I think you guys are going to be gone, aren't you? Th thanks, by the way, buddy. I'm <laughs> no, that's all right, but, if, um, but I don't think that would affect everyone else, right? Okay. Yeah, it's November 9, and it will be, if you want to go all the way out to Johnstown, we can get you in the hockey game, and then uh, you can come back, and, and your shift would be from midnight to 6 a.m., so, and it goes quick, and it'll be a ton of fun, but I would like to have you guys at the rec center. So you're going to have, we'll have uh, inflatables, gaga ball, nine ball, nine square in the air, um, soccer, um, we have all kinds of crazy things going on. So basically, like I said, I just need some mature adults to, <laughs> what, what's so funny? To, just to help run things and keep things flowing smooth, but that would be awesome. So think about that, pray about that. That's something you can help us with. That would be greatly appreciated. So, you know, I feel like I'm out here all the time, but I got thinking about it. I haven't been out here since last October, right? When, we, when I was here with Adam. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, that's right. I spoke here once since then. What's that? That's right. Smooth. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's right. So, yeah, I guess I am here more than I thought. So am I getting text? I was going to tell my wife she should text me if, if she's hearing this live. Freak me out a little bit more. So tonight, it's kind of funny that this is actually being streamed live. Because tonight, I want to start off talking about the cra what's the craziest thing you've ever seen? Like real life and within reason. Um, it keeps going off. I'm like going, wait, are they really watching me? Um, real life, but be... be um, Use discretion. I, I don't want to know about too much. I don't want too much information. But Caitlin, there's this lady at work who I can't stand. Anybody that's in That's pretty crazy. You have one of those too? <laughs> no, not exactly. <laughs> Me and my friend Sam, we were at um, Gecko the one night, and I, I think I told a couple people about this. 
We took a picture of it and posted it on Facebook. Anyway, um, we were sitting there eating a sandwich, and we and, and like you know how you have the gas pumps, and then you can sit on the side. We're sitting on the side, or I think we were sitting or one of those other. But someone was pumping gas in their car and talking on the phone. So she, I guess, is done pumping gas. So she gets into her car and drives away with the gas pump in her car. So she <laughs> she snapped the gas pump off the pump or the, the line off the pump, and she drove down 88 with the gas pump in her car. <laughs> and me and my friend, we were like, oh my gosh, what just happened? And I went in the store and I was like, um, you might want to hear an interesting story. You don't have a, you don't have a gas pump out there anymore. She's like, got to be just kidding me. This is like at 11 o'clock and I was so funny. That's great. Now I have to ask you this. Is that, is that a clean break? Do they have like a system on those? So. It doesn't squirt everywhere. But the lady drove down like two miles. Oh, I have a gas thing in my car. I didn't even notice. How do you not notice that? Yeah. But eventually the police saw it. Sometimes if you turn the radio up, you just don't hear noises. Does it, have any of you ever dealt with your car issues that way? Cars making a noise? It's a sure way to fix it. Ah, you know. Lights come on, you just put something over it. Yeah. trackies they get out of control <laughs> can I ask you something was that true or were you just trying to be nice are you okay all right I would have had to throw a monkey wrench in there and been like I like Buck Rogers whatever but anyone has anyone ever seen anything like crazy in the sky like you know, something that you're not sure you want to share with people. We had that one time. We were out at the beach. I was out at the beach with my friends when we were in Michigan. We are standing on this dune looking out over the lake, and we're looking at this thing. We're like, what is that? We're watching it, and, uh, and it flew in really, really fast. Like, when I say really fast, it was, like, right over us. We're, like, like kind of looking at each other, like, did that just happen? And then it just was gone. And, um, you know, I'm sure it was military aircraft or something nice and explainable. But it was one of those things that, even though everyone saw it, like, nobody even really wanted to say anything, because then everyone's like, oh, you're messed up, you know, what, what were you guys doing out there? Yeah, right. But anyone else, something crazy, the craziest thing you've ever seen that, like, you literally were just like, that just happened, really, did that just happen? Come on, Dane, you're holding back. You're, you're trying to think of something you can share with a group, aren't you? And you know this is live on the internet, so totally. Yeah. Wow. I've never seen ketchup violence. Kate, Caitlin's got more. Oh man. Oh wow. Hey, if you're hungry, you know. 
Okay, Kaylin's first though. Wow. Tell you what, Brandon. You guys don't ride your motorcycles with newborns. No, I, Josh is he's small enough for to sit on the front, but I, I just won't do that. <laughs> is he back there? Put your hand up. He's hiding. There he is. There's Dane. You had your hand up. What do you got? What they do? Okay. Really? Could you up out? Could you upload that to the 724 page so we can all? That's uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Really? It threw up in Donnie's sink, not the toilet. And there's, it's on the worst experience of my life. I will never eat pumpkin pie ever again. That's, wow. I run. He's talking about throwing up in the pool, especially when you have his glasses on. Oh, man. So that's cool. So among the videos of me preaching the word tonight, we can also watch people throwing up in sinks and wrestling. And Oh, you had another one. And that seemed weird to you. Wow. Yeah, I, that that yeah, that's a little out there for sure, for sure. Dan, did you want to share one more before I move on? For anyone what? For anyone who is in the car with me with me when I sing. Oh. When I sing in the car. Do you sing Justin Bieber? No, I don't. 
Okay. I, really? Wow. All right. Well, we're, I'm, I'm being overwhelmed with information now. So, well, tonight I want to talk about someone who, who saw something absolutely crazy and had a pretty intense experience. So, if you want to open up your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, turn them to Exodus 3. That's kind of where we're going to start. And we are going to talk about Moses. And this is a guy who definitely saw some crazy things in his life when you think about it. Um, I was just thinking of a few things. He saw all the plagues, you know, everything that happened. He saw the, the sea was parted and they crossed. I mean, that's pretty insane. Uh, manna every day in the desert. He got water from a rock. Um, he saw some definitely, definitely crazy things. But what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to talk about kind of how it all started. And one of his, the first crazy things he saw. And there's three places in the Bible you can learn about Moses. If, and, you know, if you want to check more out later. Right here in Exodus, where we're going to be, uh, there's, there's stuff about Moses in Acts 7, when Stephen is preaching, and also in Hebrews 11. So you can check that out later. Um, tonight, we're just going to mainly concentrate on what's in Exodus. Now, uh, some of you might know a little bit about the history of Moses. He was the the infamous baby who was placed in a basket and put in the Nile. He, um, his mom and dad had him. They kept him for about three months. That's according to Stephen. And they knew that the, the, um, the Egyptians would kill him. So they put him in a basket. They put him in the Nile River. And uh, one, the, uh, the Pharaoh's daughter came down, and she took him out. Now, it was a good situation because... They needed somebody to take care of Moses, so his sister, who had been watching, went and got Moses' actual mom. So his mom still kind of got to take care of him, raise him and everything. So he grew up in the palace. So the first 40 years of Moses' life, he's in Egypt, like he lives in Egypt as royalty. And um, D.L. Moody wrote this, and this is something interesting to think about as we get going on this. Moses spent 40 years in the king's palace thinking he was a somebody. Then he lived 40 years in the wilderness finding out that he was a nobody. Finally, he spent 40 more years discovering how a nobody with God can be a somebody. So kind of giving you a background of where we're going to start. He, he starts out, he spends his first 40 years in Egypt. But then he, uh, he goes out one day and he sees one of the Egyptians beating a Hebrew. And he decides that's, he's going to make a freaky stand and start leading his people. And he kills, he kills the Egyptian. Now, it's interesting because it notes in the Bible that he looks both ways. He looks all around to make sure nobody's watching, and he kills this guy. But then the next day, he, he goes and he's trying to, like, intercede in this argument between some Hebrew guys. And they said, oh, are you going to kill us too? So now he knows, that, he knows that people know. He freaks out, and he leaves, and he's in the desert. And that's where we're going to pick up. We're going to pick up in verse 3. And I'm going to start right at verse 1. And... I'm going to stop and go and everything else, but you all know I have ADD and it will be fine. We'll do good. So starting uh, Exodus 3 and verse 1. Now Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now interesting thing to note, that's also another name for Mount Sinai, which is where they got the Ten Commandments later, so... The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. Now, I really wanted to bring a visual aid for this, but it just seemed like a bad choice. 
to bring a shrub in here and torch it to show that actual a shrub would usually just burn right up okay so he's out there he sees this bush is burning but it's not burning up so moses said i must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight why the bush is not burned up when the lord saw that he had turned aside to look god called him from the midst of the bush and said moses moses and he said here i am now, I don't know about you, but I'm already thinking at this point, I would probably be freaking out, okay? This, the bush is burning, and now it's talking to me, all right? Then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said also, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. I got to admit, I think I would react the same way. That's, wow, I can't even imagine. The Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite, a lot of sights. Now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. So God approaches him, and he's asking him. He's like, Moses, here's the deal. I've heard my children crying. We're going to, I'm going to deliver them, but I'm using you. I'm sending you. So he calls him here in verse 10. He says, I will send you to Pharaoh. So now being a man of the faith, a guy who made the hall of the hall of fame of faith in, in Hebrews 11 and one of the all time great leaders, I want to look at how exactly Moses responded when this happened. Okay. And he kind of gives five interesting responses before he actually decides to listen to God. And here's the first one. The first one is in 11. It says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? He says to God, Who am I? I'm a nobody. Why are, why are you asking me? I'm a nobody. You can't ask me. I mean, what? who am I? And I got thinking about that. Wow. The times God has worked in my life and, and prodded me. I remember thinking the same thing a while back when God started working in my heart to get in full-time ministry. And I'm throwing excuse after excuse out going, you know what, God, I'm not a role model. I'm not the guy that any kid should be following or acting like. I mean, I'm not a role model. I, you know, you got the wrong guy. I I should not be in full-time ministry. But then something interesting happened. I started realizing, okay, if there's things in my life that I know are off, that I know shouldn't be mimicked, maybe a good idea would be to get rid of them. So that was kind of the first thing. When, when I read through this, I was like, wow, I can, I can relate to that. Because I remember thinking the same thing. Who am I? But God said back to him, verse 12, he said, Certainly I will be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. See, God tells him back, here's the deal. It doesn't matter who are you. Who are you doesn't matter because it's about who am I. It's not about you. It's about me. 
So Moses, now, I mean, you think about this. I mean, Moses is still, he's standing there talking to a burning bush. I mean, God has announced himself in his presence. He's talking to God through a burning bush. But yet Moses goes on in 13. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I shall say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? But the next thing he throws out is this, is, is this excuse. He says, I don't even know who you are. I don't know about, enough about who you are. What, what if they call me out? And they're like, who, wait, who said this? You know, I don't, I don't know about enough of who you are. And I got thinking about that, thinking, wow. I remember making the same excuses. I don't know. Boy, you know, my pastor's challenging me to, to share my faith and to get out there and to share Christ with people. But what if they ask me something? What if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? Who, you know, who am I to say that? Man, I could get in trouble. I don't know enough about who God is. But then I got thinking, you know what? About a year ago, I had some friends ask me to start playing hockey with them. And I remember the first time I played on skates, they were, I mean, it was so bad, they kept telling me to be careful. You know you're horrible when they're like, are you okay? Or, you know, And you haven't fallen, but they're like, careful, careful. I didn't know how to skate. I could not skate to save my life. But I really wanted to play because I love hockey. So I went out and I skated like every day. I'd go out there and first I just skated and learned how to skate. And then I started skating with a stick. And then I started skating with a, with a stick and a ball. So I got used to actually moving around. And then I started skating backwards. Well, regardless, I learned how to play. I practiced. Well, we can throw out the excuse to God of, I don't know enough about you. I, you can't use me as part of your plan. You can't use me for something great because I really don't know that much. I mean, man, I don't know the Bible. I don't know this stuff. But you know what? That's a pretty lame excuse on our behalf. If we don't know it, that's all the more reason we should get in it. We should get in the word and read the word. And that's exactly what Moses is throwing out here. I don't even know who you are. But then God says to him, he says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. Now that's, that's Yahweh, if you've ever heard of that. That was a name so sacred that Jews wouldn't even say it. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God furthermore said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial name to all generations. So he's given them his name. He's telling them, You go drop this name. They will know who this is. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me, saying, I am indeed concerned about you and what has been done to you in Egypt. So I said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and all that. I'm not even going to go through it all again. To the land flowing with milk and honey. They will pay heed to what you say. And you with the elders of Israel will come to the king of Egypt. And you will say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. So now please let us go on a three days journey into the wilderness that we may go out and sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not permit you to go except under compulsions. There's some encouragement, right? He's like, I'm sending you to, to Pharaoh, but he's going to shut you down. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my miracles, which I shall do in the midst of it. And after that, he will let you go. I'll grant this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be... That when you go, you will not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor and the woman who lives in her 
house articles of silver and gold and clothing, and you will put them on your sons and daughters. Thus you will plunder the Egyptians. So now he's telling them, okay, not only are you going to go, you're going to go tell Pharaoh that my people are going, but they're gonna, you're going to leave looting them blind. I mean, you're going to take all their riches with you. And I'm still sitting there. My human nature is going, he's talking to a burning bush, you know? I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, okay. So God just told me that not only is this nation that's oppressing us, not only are they going to let us go, they're going to send us with other stuff. Okay, but here's what Moses goes on to say in verse 4. Then Moses said, well, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. He plays the old, what, what if they won't believe me? What will they say? And how often is that what it boils down to for us? What will they say? You know, we know something, something in our heart. We know there's someone we need to share the gospel to. We know there's something we should do. You know, we see these opportunities to step up and to, to help someone, to serve someone. But, oh, man, what, you know, what if somebody's like, dude, what? You're a Jesus boy? Come on, you know? What will they say? That's exactly what Moses is saying here. But you know what? You look at it. It's not about us. And it goes on. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. He said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. That cracked me up when I read that. Moses fled from it. He threw it down. It became a snake. He's like, ah! I, I probably would have been right there with him. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by its tail. So he stretched out his hand, and he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. The Lord furthermore said to him, now put your hand in your bosom, into your bosom. So he put his hand into his bosom. When he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then he said, put your hand into your bosom again. So he put his hand into his bosom again. And when he took it out of his bosom, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. It shall come about that if they will not believe you or heed the witness of the first sign, they may believe the witness of the last sign. But it shall be that if they will not believe even these two signs or heed what you say, then you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground, and the water which you take from the Nile will be become like blood on the ground. Okay, so now he's said to him, okay, here's the deal. I'm, I'm going to back you up. You, you're saying... Well, what, what will they say? What if they're like, nah, you know, they don't believe me anyways. He's giving them these signs. Now, we don't have these signs, but we've got something even better. So we've got the Holy Spirit. God, God's not going to leave us hanging. If we're going to step out in faith and we're going to take a leap for him, he's not going to leave us hanging. He's given us the Spirit to guide us. But now I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so now Moses, keep in mind, he's talking to the burning bush. His cane just turned into a snake and then back into a cane. And then, then he have, pulls his hand out. He has leprosy. Then it's healed. I'm thinking at this point, I'd start to think, wow, okay, maybe, maybe I should listen. You know, maybe something's going on. Or, or maybe I'd be like, what did I eat? You know, what's going on here? Because this is crazy. But you think Moses at this point has seen enough. But yet he, he goes on. In 4 verse 10, he says, Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of the tongue. 
He busts out. After everything he's seen, after everything God has done up to this point, he's going to play that and say, I can't, I can't talk. I'm not a good speaker. Now, maybe you could sympathize, and you're like, you know what, though? I'm not a very good speaker. I mean, you got to feel sorry for the guy. But there's something interesting you need to keep in mind. He was raised as Egyptian royalty. He had no lack of education whatsoever. I mean, this guy, this guy was not, it wasn't like he had no experience, no training. He was trained by the best, okay? And it's so easy for us. If we throw that out, too, we're like, ah, you know what? I don't know. I'm not a good speaker. But if we always hold that back, we don't ever try, we're never going to get better at it. If we never talk to people, we never step up, take that first step, it's never going to happen. We need to step out. We can't make these excuses. But God still, he hung with him, and he, he, he asked him an interesting question back, and that's this. The Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth, or who makes him mute or deaf, or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now then go, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to say. And you want to talk about a harsh answer. You throw it out there and say, you know what, though? I'm just not a good speaker. And God throws it back at him. He's like, well, who made you? Who gave you the ability to speak? Ouch. Wow, it's not much of an excuse. But even still, in verse 13, Moses throws this out, and he says, but please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will. He straight up says, send someone else. Send someone else. I don't want to do it. And I think about that. You know what? There's so many times in our lives that God has pricked our hearts to do something, whether it be something huge, whether it be something seemingly insignificant to help somebody, to say something, to encourage them. These times you see people in need. You know, there, it's a hurting world out there. And how do we react? We just say, God, send someone else. Maybe there's even times we've prayed for him. We've stepped, you know what, Lord, you need to send somebody to that guy. They really need to know you, the Savior. We're asking him, send someone else. But he wants to send us. See, God doesn't need brilliant people. If, I mean, if I'm not a walking example of that, I don't know what is. God doesn't use rocket scientists and people with deep theological training to get his word out, to get what he needs. He uses willing people. And that's what I want to ask you guys tonight. Are you willing? When God is calling you, are you willing to listen? Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 1, starting at 26. He says, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were noble of birth. Or of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. See, God doesn't use perfect people. He uses willing people. And the fact is, is what it all comes down to is it's not about us. It's about him. It's totally about him. So that's what I want you to think about tonight. What is God 
calling you to do? What is he asking of you? You know what? It might be something as, as, as crazy as full-time service. I know some of you guys just went on mission trips and you saw all the work that needs to be done out there. You know what? Maybe that's what God has for you. Maybe it's something as simple as sharing the gospel with somebody you work with, reaching out to them, inviting them to come here. You know, you know someone and you know, hey, they're seeking in life. They're at this point where they're looking for something and they have a God-shaped void in their life. They're looking to fill and you can see it plain as day. Reach out to them, step it up. But one thing I do know for sure, and that's God is calling all of us to know him better. And that's why, Ken, you know, Ken's been giving out the quiet times and we've been encouraging you guys to get in the word every day. We can never know God enough. And, you know, I shared an illustration last night. So Dan, Dean, Lindsay, and Caitlin all saw it. And I want to share this with you guys because this really actually lays it out pretty nice. And when we say God wants to know you better and, and ask you if you're willing to commit the time to get in his word every day, I want to show you something, all right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay out up here on stage. I'm going to lay out 14 feet, all right? Actually, here, I'll go that way. All right, so let's see, 14 feet, all right. All right, so this is 14 feet from here all the way down here. That's 168 inches, all right? Now, that happens to be how many hours there are in a week. So we take our average week of our time. We're going to start off with what we sleep. The average American sleeps about seven hours, so that's 49 hours. We're going to take off 49 inches. So I'm going to go right down here to 119, all right? So that's what I've lost in my week so far from, sl from sleeping. But I haven't gone to work yet or school or whatever you're doing. So take 40 hours off for work. A lot of us might work more than that, but take 40 hours off. We're going down here to 79, okay? So this is our whole week, and so far this is what we've done. We've slept and we've worked. Now, the next number might seem a little staggering to you, but it's a reality, and that's this. The average American spends 56 hours a week of screen time. Now, when I say screen time, I'm talking television, computers, uh, laptops, your phones. I don't, I don't know if any of you ever just sit and play with your phone, but I've noticed, you know, I've noticed a couple of people doing that in my time, like when you're out and about waiting somewhere, everyone, you know. So they have 56 hours of screen time, all right? So that's going to bring us all the way down here to 23 inches, all right? So 23 inches represent 23 hours. So that's our week so far. We've slept, we've gone to work, and we've, we've dinked around on our, on our TVs and our computers and everything like that. We have 23 hours. That's, no, hey, that's not bad. All right, so, so what are we going to do with that time? Now, when we ask you to take this seriously, to take the commitment of having a daily quiet time, we're asking you to commit 20 minutes a day, approximately, to having the quiet time, spending time in the Word, making an application, spending some time in prayer. All right, so I want to show you something, okay? This was 168 inches, representing 168 hours. That's your whole week. We're asking you to spend 20 minutes a day in the Word. All right, that's what we're going we're to see what this looks like. Two and a half inches, two and a half hours total a week off 168 inches. That's what we're asking for a commitment. And I just, when I see that, I don't know about you, but that weighs heavy on my heart as to how much time I'm 